Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. Word. So, I had a uh, light bulb realization uh, a week and a half ago. And did you burn the house down? No. So, <laughs> anybody who comes up with a bad idea for an app has a B-plus script for a Hollywood movie or TV show. What the fuck are you talking about? How many times have you watched the new trope of somebody trying to promote a shitty app? If it's not shitty enough or it's hilarious enough to where you can turn it into a script, like if imagine so, this, this guy so is you just want... pitching the app to doing an elevator pitch for uh-huh. this app to uh-huh. a Hollywood writer, Go ahead. and the writer goes. This Go ahead. Is fucking insane. Right. I could turn this into a comedy. So you just want more Silicon Valley? Yeah, basically. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I want more Silicon Valley. I'm saying if you have I feel a like... shitty idea for an app, you could turn it into an episode of Silicon Con Valley. Valley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just want like, more Silicon Valley. Worst, just say that. At worst, just say that. You could turn it into an episode of Silicon Valley. Man, how how much are you uh, missing that show? Are you is it the T.J. Miller you're missing? No, it's uh, not cause... that. I was watching um, one of the. I was on like a little bit of like those rated R comedies. No, it, it was when I was watching Jennifer Lawrence's new movie. No, uh, Schwarzenegger's like spy thriller on Netflix. Uh, Fubar, the uh, the son of Arnold was making this thing, uh, this app called Miles, which is basically, like, it helps you locate things in the grocery store or something Miles, like that. the app that yeah, uh, Arnold is it, using? Yeah, and then Arnold was like, it's a stupid idea. Like, the whole time, until he had, like, this big family turnaround moment, and then he was like, I should invest in my son, because I believe in my son. So, did his son come up with Miles? I don't understand. Uh, is that like an actual app? Of course it's an actual app. No, I didn't, what? Oh, yeah, no. He he came up with Miles, which is like... Okay, alright. Now I, I get it now. Um, so then he was like, yeah, I, I should believe in my son more and... Or, you know, like in Silicon Valley, where their idea for an app just turned into identifying penises in food. And their whole production team was just spending like five hours a day literally looking at dick pics. Did they show the dick pics? No, they didn't show the dick pics. Oh, okay, okay. Um... Have you seen Jennifer Lawrence's new movie, No Hard Feelings? No, I have not seen Jennifer Lawrence's new movie, 
no hard feelings. Yeah. I have not. Um, it's got like a currently it's sitting at 68% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 6.8 out of 10 uh, on IMDb. So it's it doesn't seem to be a bad movie, but it's not doing great in the box office uh, right now. And I came across a CNN opinion piece uh, that thinks that it might be because we're in the middle of a anti-sex backlash. So I came across this CNN article, right? Uh, it's an opinion piece about uh, some of the reason why m the movie isn't doing so great in the box offices right now. And the article suggests that maybe we're in the middle of an anti-sex backlash and that a teen sex comedy in this day and age may have been poorly timed while the climate of anti-sex backlash is rising up and crashing through and if that felt forced um then it's because you didn't ask for consent <laughs> this is doc <laughs> And this is Ziggy. And we are the, the Flood. Flood. That's right, your favorite weekly pop culture digest, taking the news happening around us and discussing how it shapes the, the culture, culture that defines us, that defines us. with our oh, pop perspective. That's right, now it's time to put the culture in context. And make the mainstream make sense because if we don't, we don't do what? Make yeah but i really want to talk about you know is there like an anti-sex backlash and could it potentially ruin sex comedies as we know them um as well as the death of twitter twitter got real bad but i do want to say something that might be good and that is checking out what y'all are bumping on the spotify top 100 and this week's hit on the algorithm is Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo. Ooh, have you heard it? I have not yet. I will be listening to it on our break because I just had to pull that up right before we started. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo. That's what's up. Uh... So because we like to bring this culture in context, I always ask a random person for a number between 10 and 50, and this week I asked your son, Young Dez, and he gave me 16, so I went 16 years back to 2007 to tell you what the number one songs were from today, 16 years ago, and are you ready? Hit me with it. Number five, Beautiful Girls by Sean Kingston. Oh, man. Listen. <laughs> oh, listen. That shit had a fucking chokehold on the culture. Let me tell you, Sean Kingston is a fucking icon. Um, well, number four was a brunch classic with Big Girls Don't Cry by Fergie. <laughs> listen, also, also, you know, Fergie, uh, respect to Fergie, right? She was out here doing her thing. That was around the time I feel like Glamorous and shit came out, too. So, like, oh, and if you, uh, needless to say, this was recorded around the 4th of July. So if you hear fireworks in the background, that would be why. Well, number three... Happy 4th of July. <laughs> 
Number three makes me wonder by Maroon 5. Oh, man. Oh, man. Just more mall music. I, um, I <laughs> yeah. Um, that first one, right? Uh, Number this two. love has taken its toll. Yeah, that was fire, right? But then after that, everything after that, it, like I said, it's mall music. Number two, that, that 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 don't kill me can only make me stronger. Oh, for real, I Kanye. Need you to hurry up now, because uh, I can't wait much longer. Listen, uh, graduation is my my. By far my favorite Kanye album. I'm not even gonna lie. Hey, listen, uh, apparently we're not the only ones who want the old Kanye back. Kim Kardashian came out this week and admitted that she really misses her husband and wants the old Kanye back just like the rest of us do. Um, but it doesn't look like we'll be getting I miss that. the old Kanye. <laughs> the back at old Kanye. <laughs> like, Anytime soon, because Kanye and his new wife have been out here wearing the weirdest of outfits. They're already married? Yeah. They, yeah, they got like secretly married or whatever. It wasn't much of a secret because it was all in the fucking tabloids, right? But, uh, yeah, no, I, I do know that they've been out here wearing, like, really weird outfits together, uh, just being seen dressed like composite sketches um, is the best way I can describe <laughs> their outfits. They're really, like, uh, living this modern art lifestyle, and I... Um, <laughs> I, I, I think people should stay far away from it. Kim, I'd stay far away from it. I, I, I mean, damn, I'm not really like, see, it's making me mad because it's not showing me like the crazy shit that they be wearing. Like, She looks like David Bowie. She's very androgynous. I don't know. They've been walking around with their faces covered. Kanye's wearing shoulder pads and shit like that. Uh, they like bubble suits. It's, it's fucking weird. Like, I, I don't know if Kim will ever get that Kanye, the Kanye that we all want back, back, uh, because he walking around here with Chris Brown hair now, and it's just different. Let me tell you about something that has been the same with the number one song today in 2007 was Umbrella by Rihanna. Seeing her at the top of the charts, more of the same. You know what else has been more of the same? Fucking... Morgan Wallen has consistently sat at number one at the top of the charts for 15 fucking weeks now, dog. Oh, that um, might be why our views and listens have gone down. Uh, he has kept 11 albums so far from reaching the number one spot, including Metallica, Ed Sheeran, Lana Del Rey, a couple of K-pop acts, Young Thug. <laughs> like, it's crazy how much the country is feeling Morgan Wallen right I'm now. trying to think of an act that could drop an album that would supplant like all of those other artists. And I think- Oh, I can- You're, you're gonna say this is Cap, but I'm gonna come with evidence after. Go ahead, and I would say, go ahead, cause like, I got, I got one. to be like- I got one to top you, go tool. ahead. No, pause. Tool. Uh, <laughs> tool. Tool? Yeah. When uh, tool you, you're close, you're close, you're close. Announced. Just announced. Yeah. 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 The top 18 of the top 50 songs turned into old Tool songs. I mean, you're close though. You're close though, right? You got the first letter right. Uh, but you need to put some respect on it because it's Taylor Swift. The only person who has been able to knock Morgan Wallen out of the number one spot. It is It Taylor has been Swift. Taylor Swift, who is currently fucking breaking in. 
13 million close to what is speculated as. So we have 13 million dollars a show. A show. My nigga. 13 million dollars a show. You gotta put some motherfucking play the cash register. Future Dan, play the cash register sound. Put some respect on the check. <laughs> I, I gotta say, Taylor Swift's show is so important that they wouldn't reschedule it because the Atlanta Hawks got another playoff game Yo. at home. They're like, no, you're dealing with this. Put some respect on the check. Taylor Swift's show is more important. That's, that's, that's my new catchphrase. We're gonna put it on a t-shirt. Put some respect on the check. <laughs> Put some respect on the check. I mean, I'm wearing the high tension shirt right now. <laughs> Yo, um, honestly, it is not a surprise to me. Um, as as much as I was hyping it up just now, white America loves its country music, so, um, and you, white you, America is still the majority. We have two artists that, if they drop an album, could potentially supplant this, considering the other artists that like Lana Del Rey, Ed Sheeran, Metallica. Metallica. Like, it would have to be somebody that would be more important. And, I mean, like I said, Tool, at that point, was even the exception because it's been, like, 16 years before that that they dropped an album. Beyonce? Oh, totally, dog. Yeah, I mean, a Beyonce album would do that. A Beyonce album would do crazy numbers right now. A Beyonce album, I think, would knock out actually probably anything. I'm dumb as fuck. This is gonna sound really stupid in the moment while we are recording, but future Dan, current Dan really does appreciate you. <laughs> and the thing is, this is gonna sound even weirder in the moment. You're crazy. But I love hearing that when I'm editing. You do you know? <laughs> fucking wild you sound right now. I um, love getting appreciation for myself. From, from myself. myself. <sighs> oh my god. Well, there's a lot of new albums getting ready to come out. There's uh, reportedly some future Drake, uh, some new Travis Would Scott. Drake be able to knock that's off getting ready album? to uh, listen. Uh, ooh. When Drake just ooh. dropped random shit, and sometimes it's mid. <sighs> like those last couple of Never joints. mind. Uh, but I mean, it is Drake, though, who currently has the what number one spot for most number one hip-hop singles right Didn't at like 68 and he actually passed the beatles yeah it's like 68 at the number one spot uh so you know in hip-hop or overall i that might be I would overall say hip-hop because overall that's a lot the beatles like they dominated in, in like drake yeah dominated an entire decade yeah and i mean is 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 morgan wallen the drake of country music is that what you're saying no i'm not saying morgan wallace is the drake of country morgan music. wallen put some respect on the morgan check wallen. put some respect on the check he has spent 15 weeks at number one put some respect on the check son <laughs> listen maybe he is though is what i'm saying because that's crazy that is nuts. That's crazy, dude. What other country star do you think could do numbers like that? Billy Ray Cyrus? I don't know country music like that. Back in the day, Dixie Chicks, maybe? Uh, I like, I mean, you know, I know recently that they were like hot for Luke Combs Shania, and all not that. Shania Twain. Cheryl Crow? Maybe. 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 
I don't know. I don't know. Country listeners, if we got Old listeners. Taylor Swift. Listen, if we've got country listeners, uh, y'all let us know. Who else? Are you feeling Morgan Wallen? Like, is, is is there a reason why he's spending 15 weeks at number one? Uh, or do you think it's overrated? Is he the is he the Drake of country music? Uh, who do you think would be would be the uh, country music successor to knock him off? Like, is a new is a new Luke Combs album gonna do it for you? I let us know. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. Country music is probably my least favorite genre. I, like the most country I will get is like. I like music, so band. I like music. So if it's worth listening to, I'll listen to it. I, I I just need to know if it's worth listening to. So y'all let us know. Is it is it something we should give a try, or is it like you know something to pass up? And speaking of pass up, I think it's about time we take a break, and then we'll come back at y'all with more hot gas. Break. But seriously, future dad. Thank you. <laughs> yes, thank, thank you, Future Dan. And welcome back. While we're on music, let's talk about the 2023 BET Awards. Uh, now owned by Tyler Perry. <laughs> So, not yet. The deal has not finalized yet, uh, but it is the most likely deal that is going to go through. Uh, what I, did... I, from what I saw on uh, the shit show that is Twitter, which we will get to later. Uh, uh, it, it, and it what a shit like show. It looks like a Tyler Perry production. Yeah, no, at this point. I, I mean, honestly, already, without him being the owner... It like BET Plus is like all Tyler Perry shit, um, but I can tell you that this BET award was uh, all Busta Rhymes in the fact that they honored him with a Lifetime Achievement Award this year, right? Well deserved. Uh, well, well, deserved. well, well deserved. Well pay, deserved. Pay the man his flowers while he's out there. On, uh, we don't need to uh, give a championship ring because he literally just got one. Lotto won Best Female Artist, Hip Hop Artist of the Year. Coco Jones scored Best New Hip Hop Artist. There were performances from Lil Uzi Vert as well as uh, JT, who was caught on Natalie Nunn's phone throwing her phone at little Uzi Vert during uh, some of the performances during the show um, as well as a whole bunch of other uh, feature artists uh, this year's album of the year went to Beyonce and it was a tie with SZA's SOS actually which is the first time I think that's ever happened in BET history so that's that's crazy uh i mean both albums were absolute fire uh scissors sos was had a fucking chokehold on the chart uh beyonce's renaissance is also just a banger from like beginning to end uh scissor also took home best female r&b and pop artist uh chris brown was the winner of the best r&b slash pop artist award uh, best group went to Drake and 21 Savage because um, I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess one album together counts as a group. That's a little wild to me considering City Girls, DVSN, or Division. I always say DVSN though. Uh, Division uh, and fucking Quavo and Takeoff and 
were on that contender list as well. Um, best female hip hop artist, as I said, went to Lotto. Best male hip hop artist went to Kendrick Lamar. Um, and you know, that list was also stacked with a couple of other heavy hitters like Drake, Future, 21 Savage, J. Cole, Jack Harlow, and Lil Baby. Right, uh, some of the other female hip hop art. 2022? 2023. Or uh, 2023, yeah. So the 2022 run into 2023. So yeah, J. Cole's album that came out last year. Yeah, uh, you know, some of the other female artists that were nominated for best hip hop artists were Koi Ray, whose album just dropped in, uh, did 10K in its first week. Uh, so, you know, some people say those numbers are decent other people think that it should have uh, other people meaning boozy think that it should have done better cardi b was also nominated ice spice was nominated as well meg the stallion and Nicki minaj were also nominated um Video of the year went to SZA for her Kill Bill video. Uh, Tomorrow 2 with Cardi B was also... Uh, with Cardi B and Glorilla was also nominated. Uh, That's Steve, such a great name. Glorilla? Glorilla. Yeah. Uh, yo, uh, I, I fucks with Glorilla. Uh, her her whole vibe is fire. Her album was fire. Uh, it's just... Uh, but other videos that were nominated were uh, Warm Embrace with from Chris Brown, uh, 2 million up from PZGZ, Real Boston Richie, and Rob49. Uh, About Damn Time with Lizzo and Bad Habit from oh, Steve Lacey. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, other than that, um, Which might be better. <laughs> the big thing to come out of the BET Hip Hop Awards this year was, as I mentioned earlier, JT throwing her phone at. Uh, <laughs> Lil Uzi Vert. Also, Offset and Quavo no. reuniting for <laughs> reuniting for that takeoff tribute, right? Um, and that is more important than a phone getting thrown uh, in the audience during a couple's dispute. Uh, but <laughs> it's also more important than a the game performance... of dice. The performance was fire. Um, I did, you know, happen to catch that and the playback. Takeoff part. I, I mean, I think the whole thing went seamlessly. It was in Who true Migos fashion. Part, or did they have the recording? It, it was obviously the recording, right? Well, I mean, they had like hologram Tupac. No, no, <laughs> BTS. Tyler Perry is not gonna spring for that. <laughs> Tyler Perry is not gonna spring for Coachella that. only has to do it once a year. Um, but speaking of reprising parts, uh, this is a terrible transition. <laughs> speaking of reprising their parts, R.I.P. Uh, take off. <laughs> Futurama's back, or will be back July 24th, uh, but so is John DiMaggio uh, reprising his role as Bender. You know, if you are a pastime listener, previous listener, pastime listener, continuous uh, listener, continuous listener, listener, this is your second reminder to like and subscribe. 
had the flood pod on everything. Because we previously covered that there was a little dispute going on with the Futurama staff and John DiMaggio, um, citing, you know, pay disputes. He felt like the rest of the cast was getting paid more than him. And after extensive negotiations, a deal was finally made, and he will be reprising his role as Bender. And a little side note that I thought was pretty awesome, um, they were even able to get Coolio to record some dialogue as Kwanzabot before he passed yeah. away. So there will be Coolio in this new Futurama. I also want to say John DiMaggio is a, not to be confused with Joe DiMaggio, the uh, 1950 New York Yankee center fielder. Uh, John DiMaggio is the successor Successor. to Kevin Conroy as Batman, as he has already made appearances in the DC animated oh, universe okay. this Batman. This was up. I believe in Young Justice, Batman is voiced by John DiMaggio. Look, if I was also Batman, I would be like, nah, pay me. Put some respect on the fucking check. How many times I gotta say it this episode? <laughs> right? That's why I, I listen. So the 11th season of Futurama is slated for 10 20 minute episodes to be featured on Hulu um, and they will as I have said about three times now uh, air July 24th um, and I cannot wait because quite frankly as far as Matt Groening projects go Futurama is probably my overall favorite i mean obviously i will have a soft spot in my heart for the simpsons always right you know even over top of family guy right um, of horrors is still fire every year i will take the first 20 seasons of the simpsons over any season of family guy ever absolutely um and yes treehouse of horror is op i always good i will they always a, uh, a remember death note this last year wow uh, I will always remember like you know being like in anticipation for those growing up right the treehouse of horror episodes oh or how do you feel about seasonal episodes of a TV show or a cartoon like a Thanksgiving episode or a or, uh, or episode. Christmas episodes and stuff like that like it's weird when you're binging a series right so as see that's why i bring it up right so as we're going we're moving away from like serialized tv and into you know the world of like streaming do christmas episodes have the same like gravitas as they used to i have an idea that literally just popped into my head Every series produces these seasonal episodes, but the streaming service reserves them to drop that episode for the holiday. For the, I mean, that's kind of what they do now, right? Like, you know, Netflix always has like, their holiday specials that they will drop of certain things I still have and no idea why none of the But does it have the same it doesn't have the same impact to me like that that I guess that holiday drop doesn't feel the same as watching a show for an entire year and then like it carrying the same weight of the this seasons that me, you're going through This just makes me go back to the idea of and I don't know why any streaming service hasn't done this. 
but you make your own fucking channel. But you add a bunch of shows. But do you feel me? You do you remember when your TV shows, you like your cartoons, used to go on spring break and summer vacation the same time you did? Yeah. Right. Like the the Christmas happened the same time for the Fresh Prince, the same time it happened for you. Right. Like there was a certain like effect to that that yeah. I feel like we don't get with streaming. I feel like the the shows that have the clout to do the weekly episodes you know now like your stranger things yeah your uh, secret wars can you imagine the christmas episode of the last (laughs) they go into a fucking ball during christmas and then they get attacked by a bunch of zombie santas and elves god dude listen that episode would be fire, though. That episode and, would be amazing. And everybody would like love it. That's the only way they could do it, is if they did it as, like, this series is going to be running during this time, so yeah. this episode can drop yep. during this time period. That's exactly it, right? That's that's what you get now. See, I've watched the first episode of Secret War. I haven't watched Secret Wars yet, uh, but have you watched any of the Idol though? I have not. <laughs> so well, we'll, we'll teach each other. We'll teach each other. I have not watched. No, I have not watched any of the Idol um, on on HBO. I have watched clips of it on TikTok though, because apparently it's cringe oh, as fuck. This is the weekend show you yes. were telling me about. With yes. The guy from Euphoria. Yes. So this is the show for those who don't know that was produced and created by um, the guy behind Euphoria and the weekend, also known as Abel. Um, and. This show must have been written during the writer's strike because the dialogue is awful, my nigga. It's so bad. It's so bad that the show has been, at this point, hailed by multiple sources as having the worst sex scene in TV history. And I saw some of the clips through TikTok, at which, to the show's credit, I have only seen out of context clips from this show. But that is the internet nowadays. <laughs> but from the clips that I have seen, none of it <laughs> looks acceptable in any shape or form. I said this about Euphoria when it was out and when it was popular, that it was trauma porn right the entire show was extremely hard to watch because the characters were all most of the characters were like hardly likable at all and all of them when they were having redeeming moments had them snatched from underneath of them like at the last second like it was just trauma porn from beginning to end and this show is literally that to like turned up to a thousand right like it is just it it is almost like 50 shades of gray but worse right if you took 50 shades of gray and you did like the harvey weinstein thing but with a like mega pop star who was like predatory towards up-and-coming talent 
sounds like the weekend. I don't think it's fair to do to Abel. Um, I mean, I don't know the man personally. I do know that a lot of people... He were may be s- Abel, but didn't they consent? I know a lot of people were saying that this show is ruining their... Uh, ruining what little respect they had for the weekend, right? Uh, and I don't necessarily blame him. Although, I do think that maybe Abel should stay away from acting. It's That, that feels a little harsh right uh, maybe Abel should hire an acting coach because when paired with terrible dialogue it is all just unfucking bearable my guy I promise you if you really want some like cringe humor just hop on TikTok and search idol scenes it's it's a it's a time (laughs) it's a time i promise well if we're talking about something that is a time on social media let me tell you damian lillard has finally requested a trade request from the portland trailblazers and reportedly only wants to go to the miami heat only yeah there was one live vi- he's been doing live videos like every every night i get notifications on him and one night he was you know on a, on a live and he had some miami playing in the background do you think he's got the clout to pull that kind of maneuver uh, according to sham sharania he's certainly trying trying but do you think he will be successful though this is the big thing where people are like, should the front office of Portland do right by Dame considering he's trying and they just drafted Scoot Henderson with the sec- with the third overall pick who people are saying is going to be a fantastic multi-time all-star caliber, caliber player. So they're saying it's okay to get rid of Dame then? Yeah, but the question is, is do they want to do right by him because he was so loyal to the franchise or do they just want to max out on possible returns and send Dame to Utah? (laughs) I'm not saying that Utah tries to always have the best white player in the league. I'm just saying they usually have one of the best white players in the league. So what do you think that means for Lillard, though. His, I think his hip-hop streams will go down in Utah. Wow. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, listen. Do you think Damian Lillard can surpass Utah listens to Morgan Wallen? No. <laughs> uh, uh, do you think there is a place for Damian Lillard in Miami, though? The question is, Miami doesn't really have much to trade. Like, they have Tyler Hero and some stuff and some stuff like that's basically like you listen to all of the sports stuff like content out there and it's basically like we have tyler hero and some stuff <sighs> where utah could be like i mean you have like you're you're talking about one of the, i was gonna well you're talking about but miami is you know a team that made it to the finals yeah. so like if I, as a Celtics fan, I'd be shitting my pants if Damian Lillard went to the Heat. Because then that would make Jimmy Butler 
only have to play second fiddle. He wouldn't settle for Robin. Yeah. Does that make Damian Lillard Batman? Yeah, yeah, this would make like Damian Lillard Batman and Jimmy Butler Superman. Because we all know Superman is second fiddle to Batman. So does that mean Damian Lillard is the Ben Affleck of the NBA? What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? No! No! <laughs> It was just a Batman comparison that I was going to call Jimmy Butler or Matt Damon, but... Jimmy Butler would be offended if you called him Matt. Actually, I don't know if he'd be... Because he is really good friends with Mark Wahlberg. So... Ooh. No, that's actually a thing. Like, Jimmy Butler and Mark Wahlberg are, like, legit, like, super close friends. That's pretty funny. So, but what I'm saying is if... 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 Damian Lillard is the Batman of that team... Is he Ben Affleck Batman, or is he more of a Christopher Nolan, uh... Robert Pattinson? No. Michael Keaton? Fuck. Why are you naming everybody but... <sighs> Jesus Christ. Kevin Conroy, George Clooney, Val Kilmer. Everybody but Christian Bale. You named you everybody... Bale? No, I said Christopher Nolan. Oh. Um, <laughs> My point is, though, is if Damian Lillard is Batman, is he a Ben Affleck Batman, or is he a, a Christian Bale Batman, or is he more of a Michael Keaton Batman? I would say he is, at this point... A tangent going way Dark too far? Dark Knight Rises Batman. That's Christian Bale. You could have just said but Christian specifically Bale. Specifically Dark Knight Rises Batman. Okay. Because so then, grizzled that, so then, he's been through some shit. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm done fucking around. I'm gonna take care of this shit. Miami's this close. They're one Damian Lillard away. So then, Jimmy Butler is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I feel like Joseph Gordon-Levitt would be okay with that. <laughs> Because I know we were all waiting for, you know, the reveal for Joseph Gordon-Levitt to be to be Robin in that movie. Um, and and if Damian Lillard is Batman. I'm just trying to make this analogy work, okay, man? Like, You're just, like, really forcing the DC... The DC you are uh, the one CEO. who put the Batman analogy into play. It's because it's a commonplace analogy. <laughs> So, do you think it's more likely that Damian Lillard will stay with Portland, end up in Utah, or get his way and fly out to Miami? If I am the general manager of the Portland Trailblazers and I am trying to maximize the value of my assets, I am not trading Damian Lillard right now. Mm. Mm. So, you think they will wait until the trade deadline when people need Damian Lillard more than ever. How do you think that's going to make Dame feel, though? Fucking angry! Unless it ends up being Miami. You know who else is fucking angry right now? Millions of fucking Twitter users. That's right. You knew we had to talk about Most it. Most Twitter users. <laughs> Most Twitter users. Trillions. It's like, no, it's not trillions. Uh, but... There's not a trillion people on the planet. I, that's why I said it's not a trillion. Anyway... Unless we actually do have contact with aliens. Or if you count for bots. 
Elon sure is. <laughs> and at this point, in the name of preventing data scraping, Elon has decided that he is quote unquote temporarily capping how many tweets you can read with unverified users capping in at 600 tweets per day and verified users limited to reading about 6,000 posts per day. And if you're a new unverified user, the post limit is even lower at 300 posts per day. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people, including your boys. Yeah are calling this the beginning of the end of twitter uh because it's become increasingly less and less useful i've just outright muted elon on both my account and the flood account it feels like the way elon is running twitter at this point is it feels like the way trump was running his presidency uh which is straight into the ground uh about a couple of hours after the initial tweet elon then tweeted that rate limits would soon be increasing to eight thousand and eight hundred per uh you know perspective oh woo, oh, woo. i get to read another 50 responses to three-star Letterman's fucking hilarious retweet. <laughs> it seems that Elon is scrambling for ways to justify his his ownership of Twitter and it all of this, like I said, comes under the guise of combating data scraping and data mining oh, from did you Twitter. Hear, by the way, that he's trying to back out of the Zuckerberg fight because of his mom saying... Oh yeah, his mom tweeted. Um, I wonder what his mom's post limit is. Uh, <laughs> she tweeted that, you know, she wasn't going to allow her baby boy to fight. And less than an hour after Elon tweeted that, you know, rate limits but would be increased to 8,800, uh, he then tweeted again that he would increase limits totally to 10,000 per verified user and then uh, a thousand for unverified and 500 for new users right so I I keep bringing up the number because it it is very clear that this man does not know what he is doing with this website <laughs> at all and it is absolutely astounding to me at this point that he was even able to run paypal or tesla right because he is absolutely shitting the fucking bed with twitter dog it is mind-boggling <laughs> okay if you bought twitter at the point elon bought twitter what would you have done? Uh, left it the fuck alone. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I would have done. <laughs> left it alone. I'd be like, this is way too much chaos. It's in a delicate balance. It's not even just that, dude. Like, he literally came in and cleared house because a bunch of Reddit incels told him to. And I know that's major oversimplification of what is going on with the whole Elon fandom thing. But he's a clout chaser, dog. And he's like almost as big of a clout chaser as Trump is. 
right? Trump's literally out here sharing top secret documents just to be like, look, I have these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know we got to talk about that too, right? Uh, because at this point, I I feel like if Elon had him and Twitter begged him to, he would share top secret documents too, right? Like if they came out and was like, yo, show us the new schematics for the new batteries for Tesla, right? Like he would do it. He would do it just because he thinks it would give him cool points. Just like Trump is at fucking dinner parties or whatever, wherever that weird fucking audio came from. Like, oh my, how many times is this nigga gonna get caught on hot mic? He knew he was being recorded. That's not even a hot mic. <laughs> he knew he was being recorded. It's fucking bananas, yo. Like, literally, he was like, these documents are classified. I could have unclassified them, but I can't now because I'm not president. Like, he said that to a reporter. <laughs> so, and it's what's even crazier is his fucking supporters are just like, it's all psyops. <laughs> It's that's the excuse now. Is this all psyops? Look, I've right? Spent, it's demo. It's it's Democrat propaganda. So I have spent the last week. My the thing I've been diving into recently is watching uh, video games that I haven't played cutscenes as movies. Oh, I can't. I've always been interested in. Wait them. to see how you're gonna tie this in. Go ahead. Go off, King. And I was watching Metal Gear Solid recently, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Metal Gear Solid 2 has some crazy PSYOP shit going on. Okay. Like, okay, I see like you. Spin that. Pre- like Spin a giant it. oligarchy secretly, secretly controlling the American government. And like one president decided to rebel and then he turns into Solidus Snake and all of that shit. Right. Well, Metal Gear Solid 2 has more believable PSYOPs type shit than Trump is trying to pull off. Yo, I'm telling you, son, it's because before the Trump presidency, I had fallen into the conspiracy theory whirlpool just like everybody else did, right? Not everybody else, but a lot of people did, right? But when Trump got elected president, it really, like, I don't know, put, like, a shock to my system because I was like, how the fuck... But this is literally like the guy that we've been warned about in all of like the Hallmark movies and all of the like old 80s movies. When you look at the, you know, the mega corporate dude who's trying to buy up the local establishment to build a strip mall or buy up the old the oldest home in the neighborhood so they can build a highway or some shit like that like it's it's always like a trump looking ass guy right like he literally is the face like of american gaudiness right like the 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 name in gold across the front of your building the gold toilets and stuff like that like yeah not even i i wanted to say opulence right but it's not it's not it's not like it's gaudy like all of it is like what everybody imagines a mobster's lifestyle looks like and that's what trump thinks he is and you could tell from this fucking audio he thinks he's a fucking mobster right like he really thinks he's that guy he really really thinks he's that guy and and so do millions of americans and it's crazy and i just wonder if how many of them and i just and i just wonder how many of them listen to morgan wallace (laughs) 
You know what's shitty? That I would assume that all Morgan Wallen supporters are also Trump supporters. Respect the check! <laughs> what is shitty? What else is shitty? What's shitty is people are like, oh, he's such a shitty con man. Well, I mean, he literally conned his way to the presidency. So, I mean... He didn't con his way to the presidency. He was a lame duck. And I keep saying that, and we're not going to get into all of that right now. You can go back and listen to previous episodes if you want to hear me elaborate on how Trump is a lame duck. But An incontinent duck. An incontinent duck. Found his confidence through fascism. (laughs) (laughs) But this just proves it even more, dog. And now with them getting ready to raid his like New Jersey golf club or whatever the fuck it is it's just that on top of the Georgia election tampering shit and the January 6th thing I would honestly it's I would be really surprised if he isn't the first president to go to jail dog and you know just adding to his list of first like it's, it's more point, it's great shotgun approach more bigly things Something is gonna hit it it seems like it because like it would be egregious and there's a lot of egregious things happening right now right like you know the supreme court is pulling all kinds of crazy maneuvers um you know amazon and all of these companies are out here raking in profits after covid right and it just feels like none of this is normal (laughs) no all of this is business as usual what did young thug say business is business uh (laughs) i just feel like at this point it really does feel like business is war though and i don't see how trump is going to recover from this well, I mean, if we're talking about business being business, let's talk about ESPN and them laying off so many on-air personalities. Man, layoffs is happening all over the place, ain't they? So, ESPN has recently laid off Max Kellerman, Stan Van Gundy, Damn. Jalen Rose, Damn. Susie Colbert, among others. It seems like Disney really trying to trim the fat, though, don't it? Yeah, I mean, they did just pay a giant bag to Pat McAfee. And they're also trimming the fat in all kinds of other places, too. And they're probably going to throw a giant bag at who? Shannon Sharp. Hmm, you think? Oh, yeah. (sighs) Is it worth getting rid of Max Kellerman, though? Well, I mean, they also got rid of Keyshawn Johnson, and they had Jay Will... Keyshawn and Max as a morning radio show that I swear existed just because they all had contracts they had to fulfill. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. <laughs> you know what would make all of this worth it in my mind? And there's a lot of, you know, uh, I, our sports listeners who will probably push back hard with what I'm about to say. And I totally understand that and I respect it because honestly... Honestly, I don't really fuck with sports like that. I mean, I watch, <laughs> but I don't watch ESPN and stuff like that. And <laughs> he gets a lot of his sports updates from me. <laughs> but I know who Max Kellerman is, and I know who Jalen Rose is, and I watch their shows, and I do respect their craft and the things that they bring to sports media. But, but what would make all of this worth it to me? 
is if ESPN brought on it is what it is. <laughs> Cameron and Mace front and center. They are hilarious. <laughs> they are fucking hilarious. Taking on late night sports talk, bringing pause to America. Now, I will say, now seeing that they let Jalen go, I suppose I should have seen the writing on the wall when Jay and Jay got right ended. It and, and right, and it all puts it into perspective, it right? When you see shit like that happen, you're like, "What's going on?" Now, guess you know where David Jacoby went after? Where the Ringer, owned by Bill Simmons. Do you know who greenlit J and J? Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons. So you think? Maybe we might just get a reboot. <laughs> under a different name. It would have to be under a different name. Do you think it's got to be under a different yeah, name? because when J.J. Reddick left The Ringer, he couldn't take the name The J.J. Reddick Podcast. Oh. There's also other podcasting Bill Simmons news, by the way. Apparently, Meghan Markle was uh, supposed to do a podcast series in which... She only did 12 episodes and got paid $20 million, to which Bill Simmons called them, quote, fucking grifters. Listen, I'm going... He is a, like, a board member on their, like, podcast, like, chair board. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push back here, because once again, I mean, okay... Not to say that Megan doesn't have an interesting story to tell being a part of this royal lifestyle, but right? they, her and Harry, as much as I was like, they're fucking cool, they are fucking cool, but they are also going on quite the press tour to say that they want to be left alone. Listen, and on top of that, I'm like, what else do you, what, what does she have to say? The queen was mean. Like, all right, I get it. They're racist. Who the fuck didn't think they were going to be racist? Are you kidding me, Megan? Get the fuck out of here. I'm yeah, no, twelve million is about right, and and that's and that's honestly probably no, more. No, no, twenty million. Twenty. Oh, 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 twelve episodes. Twenty million. Yeah, that's about right. That's that's about right. Twenty million dollars is a lot of money. It is a lot of money for somebody who's married to a fucking prince. He's our prince now. She don't have to want for nothing anymore. 20 million's fine. Well, I mean, I guess... Most of us would be fine with 20 million. If you hit 20 million today, do you know what you would do? You uh, would, it doesn't surprise you me. You would blow half of it on magic cards by the end of the week. And that would be a good investment. No, it wouldn't. Not before you got a fucking apartment. Dude, so many people Yo, can't... Yo, I would put fucking money into marketing for this podcast for starters. <laughs> so many people can't even handle that amount of money, is my point. Like, so many people would get that amount of money and lose their fucking mind. Right, but there, but Bill Simmons is like, oh, we should pay well, Meghan I mean, Markle some more. Way, she's married to a prince. <laughs> That's and, my whole point. He's like a guy from Boston, so I can get him feeling that way. 
I'm just a guy from Boston. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what he is. But he is a guy from Boston that gets, like, absolutely shit on because, you know, he's now living in L.A. Like, he owns a media company. Well, I mean, oh, listen. he sold to Spotify. He's now, like, a chair member He's a board member for Spotify. Goals. I call it goals, honestly. I mean, while we're yeah. talking about sports, I think. I mean, we're not shitting on you, Bill. Like, I'm, I'm still a big fan of your podcast. I love you, Rosillo. Uh, I mean, I'm, I was shitting on you a little bit because it's, it's crazy that you would be like 20 million is not enough money, but like. He uh, does kind of have Van Lathan at times as the token black guy. I, uh, I mean, there are other black guys on the rigor, but it's like anytime they need. To, go on the Rosillo podcast or the Bill Simmons I guess, podcast. I, it's always bad lately. And I guess when you're making that much money, you see 20 million and you're like, oh, it's jump change. Like, yeah, but what is... More money than she was making for suits. What is cool while we're talking about sports, and then we'll go on a quick break, uh, the NBA is finally allowing contracted players to smoke weed. Um, and this will now be going into effect um, as of this recording. Uh, players contracted to play with any NBA team will be allowed to partake in recreational and medical marijuana and CBD products. I will tell you the two people who are either the happiest or the most pissed about this. That is Stephen Jackson and, and Matt Steve- Barnes. Oh, I thought you were going to say Stephen A. Smith. Stephen right? Jackson <laughs> and Matt Barnes. Because you- their podcast, All the Smoke, and Stephen Jackson on multiple times is like, yeah, I played NBA games high all the time. Yeah, uh, well, under this new contract, uh, cannabis will be removed from the NBA's list of banned substances. Uh, the agreement also ends any marijuana screenings for players, giving them the opportunity to smoke weed and use other cannabis products without fear of reprisal. Right, um, and this is on the piggybacking. James Harden looks slow. <laughs> this is He's on... not getting his shot off as quickly as he used to. This is on the piggybacking of other uh, sports associations also removing marijuana from their banned substance list, including the NHL as well as the NFL, right, is loosening their restrictions on marijuana. Um, so it... it, it seems like that might as much as that is like for the medical benefits the nfl needs the public image the the nba is also allowing players to invest in the cannabis industry allowing uh players to be permitted to invest in cbd companies and (laughs) which is which makes sense considering uh al jefferson is actually since he retired developed a very successful marijuana industry and um like i said last week jj reddick one of the biggest sports basketball commentators on tv right now his podcast is sponsored by a cbd company the mlb has also um continued to evolve their policies over the years announcing that it would allow their teams to be permitted it to enter in sponsorships and deals with cannabis companies uh the major league baseball player union is the strongest in sports that is the only major professional league that has no salary cap 
Uh, the Colorado-based Charlotte's Web Holdings has been named the official CBD company of the MLB. So, uh, even the MLB is getting in on the marijuana game. Well, the MLB has been doing a, really in the past like years, been doing a big push for image uh, refurbishing. Yeah. Like... Well, I mean, it's about time for baseball, right? Because it the was kind changes, of becoming a relic, yeah, right? Yeah, rule changes have, they have shortened the average Major League Baseball game by 30 minutes. I, which is fair because, like... A 7 o'clock game now ends at 10.30. Right. You can expect it to end at 10.30 right. instead of 11, which is yeah. a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I was going to Oriole, my dad and I had a 13-game season ticket plan for the Orioles. So we would go to 13 games a year, at least, because there were some times we would buy extra tickets. Games would, like, we would get out of there after 11, and I'd have, like, school, or not school, because it would be summer, but, like, I'd have something I have to do the next day. Right. Or he has something he has to do the next day. And yeah. And it, it, it's crazy to get out of a fucking baseball game that late when you went in, like, mid-afternoon, right? Or or in the evening, right? Like going, yeah. getting to Camden Yards at 6 and leaving at 11.30, that's a long time. Baseball, I always... Uh, like, I'm, basketball games, two hours, in and out. I love the joke that baseball is the only sport that you can fall asleep during and wake up and still catch the end of the game, right? Like... It is, it, there are many people caught on camera at games like that. Yeah, uh, you know, and it, I mean, obviously, its predecessor, cricket, can go on for, like, weeks, right? Baseball, there's a... One of the beautiful aspects of baseball, and it is something that people will complain about, but I, I, I will say that it is one of the most beautiful aspects of the game of baseball, is theoretically, the game can never... Oh, I mean, if the teams are, like, that good. No, consistently tie in extra innings. Yeah, I mean, that. The yeah, if the teams are that good. End. Yeah. And there's something, there's something beautiful and pure about that. It, if you love that, then you would love cricket, because that's exactly what happens with cricket. Uh, there is a, uh, a fun sports question I ask people, and I don't expect you to know the answer to this, but what is the most compelling and simultaneously boring sporting event that you can watch. Golf. A double perfect game in baseball. Oh. Oh. Oh, I a thought... Perfect game, <laughs> a perfect game is 27 players come to... I'm sorry because I confidently answered that question because golf is all... Like, I've played golf before. I haven't. I've played golf before. And when you're watching golf, you're like, I can do that, right? And you see these guys hit these clean shots, like fucking yards, almost what feels like miles across the green, right? And just like nail it onto that perfect lawn, right? And then come in with the putt and then clean that shit up, right? And you're like, I can do that. And then you get out there. And even if you go to a driving range, I've gone right? to a driving range one time. I will tell you about my experience after you are done. Yo, and you're like, no, I went golfing and I made the mistake of drinking heavily my first time going golfing, which is what you're supposed to do. Um, Did apparently. you have a golf cart? 
Yes. Okay. Yes, yes we that do. is what you're supposed yes, to do. Yes, it is what you're supposed to do, and apparently you get to pee wherever you want on the golf course. Um, as that, long as you're a man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not really supposed to pee wherever you want. It, it's bad. Um, it's a lot quicker as a man. But yeah, no, it is. It's not. It's not easy. Right, it is. It, it's easier to be bad at golf than most people think it is. I will say that. <laughs> the one time I went to a driving range, I'm like, okay, yeah, like I've heard a golf swing is basically a vertical baseball swing because I've been told a baseball swing is like a horizontal golf swing. I'm like, all right, okay, all right, all right. it's got to be the other way around. And every single time I took a swing at that ball, it would like jump hit like 10 feet in front of me and then hooked to the left <laughs> every single time. And I'm like, you know, that kind of makes sense. I am a ground ball pull hitter. So I am gonna hit it into the ground to the left side. And with that being said, I am also trash at baseball. So um, I think that these advancements though in the leagues are awesome, right? Because I'm actually happy with the changes in baseball, especially since the Orioles are actually really fucking good this year. And as whereas I don't believe that marijuana is some catch-all miracle drug, right, that's going to cure every ailment and fix everybody's worries, I do think that it is cool that these the leagues have relax some of their restrictions, right? Uh, because the drug essentially is harmless. And I think that as more professional corporate companies relax their restrictions on marijuana, I think that, you know, this corporatocracy that we live in will probably follow suit. I mean, our state now has it legalized. Yes, as of July 1st, Maryland is a recreational legal state, right? Um, and people will be able to purchase in dispensaries. Um, <clears throat> if you are 21 or older. older uh, and as long as you don't work for a corporation that forbids it, right? Uh, I know people who work for uh, government associations still can't participate in recreational recreational use um i know people who work for a certain county and uh you know city positions still cannot participate in it and i i i, I don't see the reasoning behind it right um you know when alcohol <laughs> is still legal uh you can take prescription drugs that will you know as they stay on the bottle make you drowsy and incoherent and that's perfectly fine they're they're not i've never had like a fucking like i never get like a kick out of pain pills right like i've i personally i guess fall into the crowd of i don't feel the effect most of the time right um the, i've taken a percocet once and that that had an effect. <laughs> there was. Right. Um, but most of the time, I, it's not, it hasn't really been a thing for me that makes me like want to go back to it. But I think I had hydrocodone when I had my wisdom teeth taken out. Yeah. And yeah, I, it's a so very this common. Is what I remember. So this is what I remember. 
my friend JJ came over to like hang out and we talked in the driveway. Uh -huh. And I could have sworn that there was a third person there. And JJ Yo, was like, no, it was literally just me and you. To where my mind was like, my ethereal spirit like left my body and it was watching JJ and I talk. And nah, was like, you're tripping. You're tripping. There. Off the hydrocodone though. I was tripping. That's the point. Off the hydrocodone though, I would be, I would be very interested to see what you're like off the shrooms thing, cause that would be, that's crazy. Cause like I said, well, the, I mean, have I told you about the time I was given shrooms and Xanax in the same night? We don't need to say anything else. <sighs> that is. My mom needed the Xanax. Is it because you were wilding off the shrooms? No, it was because I was wilding because my brother punched me in the face. Did your brother punch you in the face because you were wilding off the shrooms? No, he punched me in the face because my friend and I were trying to watch the visualizer on the PS2 while we listened to Pink Floyd's Wall. While y'all were wilding off the shrooms? <laughs> no, <laughs> while we were very content and chill on shrooms. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it was like I did not deserve to get punched in the face. Just like y'all like, don't. Look, can we watch the visualizer in the garage? No. Okay. Can we watch it in the basement? No. So we went back to the garage and we watched the visualizer. My brother and I got into it and he punched me in the face and I freaked out. So I ran out of the house and I ran back and my mom's like, here, take this Xanax. This will calm you down. So wow. I ran out and I was like laying in the middle wow. of the street and my, my friend John pulled up and he was like, hey dad, are you okay? And I'm like, no. And we were like, let's go drive. <laughs> so I was in the back seat oh and then he started playing. I was like, here, play this album. It's called Hot Fuss by the Killers. And then by that's, the time Mr. Redside came on, or no, uh, Smile Like You Mean It, I was like full out drumming, air drumming, and then uh, I blacked out. Probably because you were high as fuck, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't get, you didn't deserve to get punched in the face, just like our audience doesn't deserve this break. sound, record it, and then change its nature by a multiplicity of operations. You record it at different speeds, you play it backwards, you add it to itself over and over again. You adjust filters, echoes, acoustic qualities, you combine segments of magnetic tape. By these means and many others, you can create sounds which no one has ever heard before. Let's talk about the elephant in the room first, right? And that is the absolute carpet bomb of decisions the supreme court has been dropping this month or last month depending on when you decide to take the context of the show yeah right and so starting with with their ruling on a gerrymandering case out of north carolina i believe um and they ruled that the map was unconstitutional right because it was not representative of the voting demographic right which totally led everybody into this false sense of security that oh okay maybe this conservative supreme court even after all of the clarence thomas craziness has some kind Shout of moral <laughs> compass right maybe they're here for everybody 
as we look at the gerrymandered state, it looks like all of the blue is isolated to Raleigh and the college towns. So here's the thing, though, that er, Raleigh, Charlotte and the college towns. So but here's the thing, though, right? When it comes to a lot of these gerrymandered maps, they are built to suit voting districts. They don't fit demographic. Yes. Right. So in a lot However, of places, in a lot of places that look like they're heavily Republican, they are not heavily populated. Right. Like the there we have that problem in Maryland. Yeah. Right. There are a lot of people that claim that Maryland is actually a Republican state because most of the counties are Republican, but those counties are not heavily populated. Yes. And that is the issue throughout a lot of the United States. There are these gerrymandered maps that make the state look majorly Republican. And Arundel when County in fact, is currently a blue state. I a blue county. So much to a, a blue county. Blue county. I had a lot to contribute. The blue no, I counties. Did not. Please impeach me. I'll just. I'm just gonna resign. The blue counties in it's Maryland often double the population of some of the Republican counties in Maryland. Yeah. Right. Um, which makes the argument that Maryland is a Republican state kind of mute when you're like. Oh, okay. Anne Arundel County has like twice the population of Kent County, right? Baltimore County has twice the population of like Carroll County. Yeah. Right. Like it's crazy, right? PG County. It's 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 uh, anyway, right? So when you look at these, the North Carolina map or even the Wisconsin map or the Ohio maps, some of these maps have been heavily altered in favor of the incumbent politicians. Well, I mean, historically and statistically, major urban populations tend to lean left politically. Right, which <laughs> would make it beneficial for the right to gerrymander the maps in order to remain in power. And if you look at the North Carolina map right here, it is, oh look, college towns in one spot and Charlotte and Raleigh in another. The major population centers, yep. right? So with that being said though, the Supreme Court then turned around <laughs> They lulled us into a false sense of security because right after that, they follow with another decision entitling the web designer to, uh, from the web designer from Colorado to refuse a same sex couple of working on their, uh, wedding page. Right. So citing that it violated her first amendment rights. Um, Lori, the, the web designer being Lori Smith, who was opposed to working on a same sex couple's marriage webpage, um, alleging that the state's public accommodation laws 
claiming that they required her to serve everyone equally, right? But in the long run, the state was ruled unconstitutional enlisting her creating a message that she opposes. Yeah, so when you told me about this whole thing, I had two big takeaways. Um, first, why did you take the wedding? Just, just why, to begin with? Like, that should have been, like, the first conversation. <laughs> oh, we have a wedding. Oh, great. Who's your bride? Oh, it's a groom. Okay. Um, what day gives arbitrary date? Oh, we're booked that day. Sorry. We have too many projects that we're taking on right now. Sorry. The decision came down in like, a... Like, just lie. Like, just lie. The decision came down in a 6-3 to three vote. With Justice Neil Gorsuch drawing a distinction between discrimination based on a person's status, race, or gender, and other classifications, and a, discri and a discrimination based on her message, right? Um, saying if there is any fixed star in our constitutional constellation, it's that the government may not interfere with an uninhibited marketplace of ideas. When a state's law collides with the Constitution, he added, the Constitution must prevail, citing the approval of this ruling via the First Amendment, right? Um, the decision was limited because of what might have been contested about the facts of the case, namely the Smith's intent to work with the couples and to produce a customized story for their website using her words and original artwork. Um, given those facts, Gorsuch said that Smith qualifies for constitutional protection um, in this ruling, right? The couple was requesting to use her design for a website. So with that being said, do you have to make art for somebody you don't agree with? No. If you are a Nazi, <laughs> or excuse me, if a Nazi comes to you and wants you to paint a picture for them of some shit you don't agree with, should you have to do it just because you're a painter? No. So then you kind of agree with this ruling. I mean, yeah. Kind of. If you put it in the context of if you, if a Nazi approached me and wanted to make a painting of Jesus flamethrowing a bunch of Jewish people, I'd say no. So I'd just be like, nah, bro, I'm not going to do it. So the more liberal justices on the court, you know, of course lamented against this decision, uh, especially uh, Sonia Sotomayor, saying that time and time again, businesses and other commercial entities have claimed constitutional right to discriminate. And time and time again, this court has courageously stood up against those claims until today. Uh, today, this court shrinks, right? And it does it's 2023 i wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility where somebody is like you know what i want to do a nazi themed wedding i mean 
people are doing Trump-themed weddings, and a lot exactly. of people would feel like exactly. it's in the same vein, like, right? So I'm a DJ, and I've worked weddings before. If I'm a DJ and somebody's like, yeah, you know, can you play like, the Schindler's soundtrack list? for Triumph of the Will? Oh. I'd probably be like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'd feel kind of weird if they asked me to play Ignition by R. Kelly. Like... That's where we get into the kind of like nitty gritty of this specific Supreme Court decision. Now, right? you said it earlier to me before we were recording. You were like, this decision kind of just fucks gay people and the movement for LGBTQ plus rights. I, absolutely, right? And I think that is the liberal justice's point here is that this is this does not set a good precedent right because it opens the gateway for business discrimination again how far off are we from signs where it's no niggers no spicks no dogs no who jews <sighs> i this is the gray area, right? So, like, we'll stick with weddings because that is a situation and we'll work within that. You're not, like, a wedding photographer is probably not going to have, like, right. a storefront like that. You're probably going to have to email them. <laughs> the idea of somebody writing an email that says no niggers, no spits, no dog, no jokes. No, 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 no. Yo. This, this is where it brings me back Yo. to what I said earlier. If, you know, you're trying to get a wedding photographer out of context, it's going to be crazy. And you email them, you know what they could have done? Not fucking answered. Yeah, like... Like, just not fucking answered. That's the other thing. That's where I get into the... the that's where I feel like the gray area for this comes in to play because these, it's... These people with the lawsuit are just like, oh, they just did this because we're gay. Yeah, and I don't... Okay, right, so now I feel... Which, makes, though, which goes to, like, your thought of, like, this could be damaging to the gay community... Because they might have just taken this lawsuit up because, oh, they just did this because we're gay. Yo, it, okay, so, like, you remind me of, like, this Gilbert Arenas article that I was reading earlier where he was talking about how he feels like the gay community is the most judgmental community in America and how they are just looking to cancel anybody at any second because and it's not fair because they're operating by a playbook that nobody else can see or gets to operate by and it just all of this feels like <laughs> it feels like a way to blame gay people for looking for acceptance right and it does feel like a okay. a, a very shitty way to use the first amendment to be like i want to discriminate and i should be allowed to discriminate because of the first amendment right like there were parts in the gilbert arenas article 
where he was saying some things that made a certain amount of sense. Yeah. Right? Like, there is a lot of this that people who are willing to hear people out are trying to make adjustments for. But there seems to be a certain subsect of the LGBTQ community that are willing to pounce on their oppressors at notice. <laughs> so what I was going to say is, I'm going to echo a thing that Dave Chappelle said in that Twitter is not a real place. No, it's not. But it's not, I and I wish that Fox News would understand. While that. the LGBTQ plus community on Twitter may not be the most aggressive, but they are very defensive. I feel like, okay, and this is me as a black man saying, I get it, right? Because lots of people say the same thing about black people in general when we claim racism, right? They're like, oh my God, why do you have to be so dramatic? Do you really think it's racism, right? And a lot of that aggression and that targeted kind of disconsent goes towards black women, right? And I not- I will say, I feel like, do you feel like this particular court case was brought because there are instances of people I know, anecdotal evidence, but the problem is is a lot of the times anecdotal evidence actually then ends up setting precedent where people do overreach on them being a marginalized community. And they're like, oh, this happened because I am X. When it's really not the scenario. Or don't. it's... So something that they shouldn't press the issue on. Like to me, the whole like uh, gay wedding thing, I would have just been like, okay, I'll get another photographer. Like, okay, it can't be that hard to get another photographer or videographer. It's something that you're happy with. There are a lot of talented artists out there. So in this instance, it was a web designer. And there are a lot of talented web designers out there. Y- yes, but I may argue that it may have been difficult for them to find somebody in their price range. In this instance, however, I'm not going to assume any of that. Um, in this instance, I'm just going to jump from the fact that they requested a web page from this designer and the web designer rejected on the basis that they were a homosexual couple. Just don't answer the fucking email. <laughs> it's literally that simple. It's, I honestly feel like, yes, in this instance, I put the pressure on the web designer, you right? Don't answer the fucking email. Because if that's, no. You're hey, opening a can of worms. No, but they don't care. And that's the problem, right? Because literally they feel emboldened right now to be like, no, I am rejecting your service request because you are gay. And I need you to know that I am rejecting your request for service because 
you are gay. That's dumb. <laughs> that is stupid. No, it's not. According to their doctrine, the doctrine that they believe that they are willing to the hill, they are willing to die on is the mount of Jesus Christ, their that Lord and Savior. Yes, it does to them, just like the ark, they my nigga. Die on that hill, then. Well, today on the hill, the Listeners Supreme of the Flood are on the ark. Today on the hill, the Supreme Court decided that their perspective is protected by the First Amendment, and. With that being said, I do not necessarily believe that this is a road back to no niggers, no spicks, no Jews. I don't think so either. I feel but like this is a situation when it comes to I... asking for private contractors. And private contractors should be smart enough to just not answer the fucking email. And Chief Justice Roberts also... Uh, further elaborated that this is really just protecting private contractors um, and people who you know make original or unique pieces of work uh, but I do feel like this is a very slippery slope that may lead us back to some very uncomfortable things um, which I'm sure some people are happy I didn't say it again for a third or fourth time. I can't remember how many times I said it because guess what? We're not that far from it. We're really not that far from it. When this decision has been reversed, um, especially considering that the plaintiffs in this case are a protected class of people in this country. And I know that's a weird sentence all in itself, but it's because in context, this country has required it. In its history, this country has consistently oppressed this certain class of people amongst other classes of people. So this Supreme Court decision kind of reverses history. <laughs> I have a question for you that was posed to me by listener of the show, Austin. Austin Reeves, I believe is his last name. Shout, Shout out. out Austin for he your question. He actually sold me a Don Zalug. Shout out Austin for your Don Zalug. Uh, no yes. pause. So he posed, pause. He posed. No a, pause? I don't know. He paused posed a great question. <laughs> Austin posed a great question. So apparently, there's one word that AI can't say. Basically, uh, they're white people. Now, if a black guy suspected his white friend of being a deep fake, if the white friend is real, does he get a pass when he is asked who is in Paris? AI can't say nigga. Apparently or, not. Or with the hard R. Because I'm kind of done saying it with the hard R. It, it's only, like, it, it's not really fun. It's... I'm not going to say me, because I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be put in this position. I mean... Would you give Seth Rogen a pass? If he was reading Tom Sawyer, like... No, 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 no. If you asked Seth Rogen, who is in Paris... Would you oh, let him get away with it? To prove he's not an AI? Yeah. Is it life or death? Yes. Terminator situation. 
You have the gun to his head. I mean, I guess if it's life or death and it's like the thing and I'm like, here, you have to like drink this gasoline or like, no, what was it? The fire? Like here, like put the match no, close no, 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 to no, your no. face. Like, you have the gun to his head. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You need to prove that you... he's not real because yes. you would feel real bad if you, you actually killed Seth Rogen. Do you not remember the thing where they like had to test like because the thing like the creature was afraid of fire. So they right, like had to right, fire right, test right. it. Yes. Okay. So, yes. If you're saying I have to fire test Seth Rogen with the N-word, then yes, he gets an N-word pass this one time. <laughs> That's about the only time. I wouldn't ask. I'd just be like, fuck it, shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, oh, he really? said, fuck it, shoot me? That's you're, sick. That's you're, sick. You're, I was going to say, you're dramatic. You'd rather sacrifice your life than say the N-word? Like, uh, dude, I was the guy at ethics class that said I wouldn't talk and take the 20 years. <laughs> what did you do during like uh, English class when you were reading like Huckleberry Finn and shit? Like I did not raise my hand. <laughs> and I was not the black guy in the class that was, quote unquote, volunteered to read Jim's parts. Ah, uh, because I was. <laughs> All of the niggers. I got to read every was... single last one of them. No. Miss <laughs> Restfield actually made two of our classmates kiss for Romeo and Juliet. Whoa. <laughs> I feel South like. River? Yeah. Who? Miss Wrestler. Shout out to her. Ashley. <laughs> I only knew Miss Crankfield and Miss Larkin. Yo, that's crazy. I feel like if that were to happen nowadays. Yeah, no, we were all like, what? This is it. What? <laughs> that's wild. Uh, not as wild as what because, the fuck. Because, like, there was a non-zero percent chance that one of the guys that was picked would be like, oh, or one of the girls, too, would be like, oh, that's my first kiss. <sighs> that's fucking crazy, man. There I was just... one time I actually, like, some girl was like, that was my first kiss, and I was like, oh, wow, um, this is an emotional attachment I did not sign up for. Ooh, 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 ooh <laughs> big just shit. A cool experience to Was tell it your at the sock hop, my nigga? No. <laughs> How old were you? I think I was like 23. What the? And she fuck? was like 21. Wait, when you had your first kiss? No, when she had her first kiss, she was like only two years younger than me, and I was like well, 23. Still, she was well over teen years. Right? Who the fuck was it? Stephanie Carroll? Like, what are you saying? <laughs> like, the fuck? And she wasn't didn't. like she was attractive. Wasn't I'm just like kiss? this is weird. He didn't, he didn't get the joke, audience. He Stephanie Carroll, I did not. I don't know, know who that is. Steve Carell. Uh, 40 year old uh, virgin. Well, thank you. Thank you. Exaggeration. We're Hello. Reaching. <laughs> no, it's not but reaching. But I was like 20 whole years reaching. Like a 20. Like, I found at that first out, kiss. I was like, oh. A shit. first kiss. You think it's you think it's normal for somebody to get their first kiss at 21? I feel like it's about five years out from the normal. No, it's not. According to according to average statistics, most people have their for, their first kiss. By 14. I was 16. Oh, okay. 16 is when most people lose their virginity. I was 18. I was 11 when I had my first kiss. I'm also I was, Catholic. I was 20 days from my 15th birthday. I feel like 18 sex. might be when most people lose their virginity. Like, actually. Yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe of today's. Like, they the see last... that survey and they don't answer. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I just figured people that did it younger were not the majority. I feel like y'all make me feel weird because I had One my first kiss when I was, was nine. Was virginity a positive or negative well, experience? wait a minute. French kiss, though? Yeah. Okay, no, I didn't get that. One word answer. Now. Losing your virginity, positive or negative experience? Positive. Mine was uh, set a bad precedent. <laughs> See, mine was fine. Did you say set a bad precedent? Yeah, it, it, I, I've learned it's better since then. That's, that's, I'm sorry for you, my nigga. And I busted quick my first time. Like, like, like... Almost embarrassingly. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to hold you on this podcast. That might be, like, the most candid thing I've ever said on this Honestly, podcast. Honestly, like, it's it's not even that bad. That would be like if... So, my first concert was Tool. So, it's, like, all downhill from there. <laughs> How the fuck? My first concert was Tool. So, it's, like, all downhill from First there. of all, nothing is, nothing is quick like, about Tool. No, nothing. But it was amazing, and it lasted a long time, which is the goal, right? Now, now I can get it there. But, like, my first time was under five minutes. Great. Like, it's like you're <laughs> at a punk show. <laughs> and after all that, just in case you thought the Supreme Court was done, they came through with one more decision for that funky ass. That's right. Just when you thought they was exiting out, they slid through... And they cut off affirmative action on their way out. That's right. In a six to three vote. That's right. Trump's appointed conservative Supreme Court. Did he get, didn't he get three? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Talk about timely. I, at this point, I'm you know, way too tossed to give a comprehensive, you know, rundown on all of Trump's Supreme Court appointees, but I do know that this Supreme Court has officially gutted affirmative action as far as colleges are concerned, right? Um, the ruling has stated that it is unconstitutional for a college to take race into consideration as a specific factor for admissions, meaning that affirmative action programs that saw minority students placed into some of these more prestigious colleges will no longer be an avenue for people to reach a higher education. I will say from my personal experience being in school currently that um, as a straight white American male, I am in the minority when it comes to each class that I am in. The number of straight white American males in my classes is outnumbered by the number of non-straight white American males. However, no single demographic has a any supermajority over any other, and that is how it should be. Chief Justice Roberts, in the majority opinion, noted that applicants could still share 
in their essays how their heritage or culture had motivated them to take on a leadership role for instance um in other words the students must be treated based on his or her experiences as an individual and not on the basis of their race in the opinion stated in a perfect world he's not wrong right like you would assume that that would that should be the way that things are but historically in this country that has not been the way things are so much so that chief justice uh sonia sotomayor once again you know reminded everybody that she was a benefit Michelle of Obama affirmative made action. A big announcement that she was a beneficiary of affirmative action. Lots of minority leaders in this country were benefits of affirmative action because it was needed in the face of my uh, legacy programs yes. that are now being challenged legally. Activists have you know responded to the supreme my court my daddy went to harvard <laughs> activists have responded to the supreme court ruling by suing harvard and other oh, institutions <laughs> i was making a condescending comment over their legacy admissions stating my daddy literally went to harvard all right my dad didn't. He went to the United States Naval Academy class in 1972. Civil rights groups are challenging admissions, the admissions at Harvard, stating that their practices discriminate against students of color by giving an unfair boost to a mostly white children of alumni, right? These legacy uh, admissions do favor mostly white children by the inherent nature of the legacy program, right? A lot of these schools were founded during a time period where children of color or minority children in general were not admitted to these institutions, right? So with the advancement of the Supreme Court ruling, it really does put into question how we are going to deal with the unbalance that is the diversity of higher education, right? As it becomes continuously more unattainable for the lower class. And as the quote unquote merit-based system becomes harder and harder to judge. Right, it, which is why the legacy programs are being targeted in this lawsuit. What they say, it's not what you know, it's who you know, yeah. <laughs> right? And that becomes more and more relevant as we continue into the new systems that are developing in the, the nation as we move forward, right? A even in Joe Biden's America. Before we transition though, I want to ask you, do you feel like it, these affirmative action programs were more harmful or beneficial? Because what I find very interesting is that in both of these lawsuits, they used the Asian community 
in a way to take down the affirmative action program, right? So, they suggested that the Asian community was being discriminated against in favor of black, Latino, and Native American communities. So I will say, uh, specifically when it comes to my university, UMBC, there is a joke when it comes to admissions, and it is, you must be Chinese. So you feel like the idea that the Asian community is somehow being discriminated amongst these, like, higher uh, prestigious colleges. I'm not saying that. It's... I do have a lot of Asian Americans or actual Asians who came from right. Asia in my class. Yeah. Like, it's actually been really cool because a lot of the times we have been talking about, like the influence of globalization on Asia and the cross-cultural influence between America. But you don't feel like affirmative action is harming them in any way, shape, or form. No, and I actually, me personally, I enjoy not... All right, so when you are in the supermajority of a demographic of a group, like, say, you're in a bar and... It's an Eagles bar. And then right. there's a couple of assholes okay. who are Giants fans. Okay. If you're watching the game, the Giants fans might be right about something, but fuck them. They're Giants fans, right? Right. A lot of the times. <laughs> right. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, go a off. lot of the times, um, you know, especially now with age comes wisdom, uh, I have a perspective that when I listen to a lot of my classmates and things like that and I'm like I don't want to say that they're dumb but I want to say that they don't come from the experience that I have mm. so if I'm speaking to an echo chamber of straight white American males and I have this elaborated point this is your third reminder to like and subscribe then it's going to be overwhelmingly taken. I like having pushback when it comes to ideas that I present. And this is your fourth reminder to like and subscribe. <laughs> For me, that college experience that might have been altered, I will say a non-zero percent chance of it being altered due to the fact of affirmative action has benefited my educational experience as a member of the majority. No, uh, and I totally agree that a diverse marketplace of mindsets benefits everybody, right? And this is actually, uh, to double down on that point, considering my senior thesis is on how Japanese media represents Western Christian ideology. And this is something I can really only get a more wholesome and accurate view is by getting perspective from people who are Asian Americans or from Asian descent or are immigrants directly from Asia, which is something that I get at my school, considering that the Asian demographic is much higher than the average university, which is where the joke 
you must be Chinese comes from. Which is why I find it funny that they use the Asian demographic in both of these lawsuits to state that affirmative action is unconstitutional. So basically, what you are saying is my university is the outlier. It Or the proof that what these lawsuits are bringing forth is a non sequitur, right? Like, it's it's a mute point. The Asian community is not being underrepresented because of affirmative action, right? Which is the point that I feel like both of these lawsuits were trying to bring forth, right? That because of affirmative action, qualified Asian students were not being accepted because they did not meet the affirmative action standards, right? the Supreme Court took this a different way. That's the way the Supreme Court took it, is that affirmative action was not allowing for equal opportunity access to higher learning in these higher institutions. So instead of altering affirmative action, they decided to strike it down overall. Exactly. Except for in the instance of military academies, which I find and um, some of the other Supreme Court justices find extremely interesting, right? Uh, Because the Supreme Court specifically made an exception for military academies. Because we gotta feed that war machine. So, with that being said, let's take a real quick break before we make the transition. Break. Transition. Welcome back. Welcome back. So, I saw a poll on Facebook that I found very interesting. The greatest 1990s anime. Okay. Okay. So, I saw the top five, and then I came up with my version of the top five. Mm. All right. So, you want me to rate and see what I feel like is the true top five. So I'll give you a rundown. I, let me cook. Let me let let me Go be ahead. your guide. Cook. Let me be your guide. All right. All so right. this vote had at number five for the top 1990s anime, Hunter x Hunter. Okay. For number five. At number five. The 90s version. Mm-hmm. Number four. Yu Yu Hakusho. Okay. Number three, Dragon Ball Z. Mm, okay. Number two, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Okay. And number one, Yu-Gi-Oh. Huh. Interesting. Notable absentees from the top five were Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Ravoni Kenshin. Oh, absolutely. Pokemon. Absolutely. And Sailor Moon. Mm. 
Fair. So I feel that's like that's nine. a fair argument. That's nine. Yeah, that's a fair argument. So I will give you of of those nine, which I agree are nine of the top ten. My top five. I will say my number five is Cowboy Bebop. It is a masterpiece in episodic storytelling with a very westernized influence mm. which opened the mm. western audience to the accept to the acceptance of anime mm-hmm. because if you watch cowboy bebop it's really just the space version of a john wayne movie i feel like it's a good gateway anime I do feel like it's a good gateway anime. Like, if you were trying to, like, even if you were trying to get a boomer into anime, I feel like Cowboy Bebop is an anime that you could show a boomer and potentially, like, get them into the the, the genre. My friend Mike would say that the anime currently right now for that is Spy Family, and I don't entirely disagree with that. I don't know. I feel like Spy Family might be a little out there for a boomer. Um, Anya is fantastic. I mean, yes. Right. I feel like, I still feel like you'd be better off showing a boomer Lupin the Third versus Spy Family. So, my number five was Cowboy Bebop. My number four I have as Dragon Ball Z. Mainly because it set the whole Super Saiyan archetype of increasing power level, which has been copied and cloned. And I would say it is the overall like show. And it has the cultural impact in the anime. Would you call community. it? Is is Dragon Ball Z a shonen? I feel it is like a shonen. yeah. We're I feel like it is that. the it is that. the shonen. We're getting to that. It okay. might be the shonen. It, it I feel like it is the shonen. Number three, I have Pokemon. Okay. Because of overall cultural impact. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like I feel Who like recognize Pikachu. Yeah, I feel like Pokemon is the gateway anime, right? And because it's it comes It's the gateway to Japanese culture. I feel like Pokemon is the gateway anime because it comes in the form of a children's show. Right? Like you get exposed to it whether you're watching your grandchildren or whether you're you are the grandchild. There is a substantial amount of people in our generation who know the entire Poké Rap. <laughs> I mean, but I like feel the like the same way that I know the words to stand. I feel like that is Dear because Steve, your perspective of phone at the bottom. I sent you two letters back in autumn. You must have got them. There probably was a problem. I feel like that is because your perspective of our gener of the generation is from your point forward, right? Like I I like from your age and up. How many people do you think know the Poke Rap? Uh, I would say up to how old are you? You're thirty three. So 34. I would put it in 34. 35 is the cap. I yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which isn't a lot of people, by the way. Uh, I would say (laughs) underneath me, I would say probably our friends over at 27 would be the low end. Our friends over at Fuck It I'm 40 probably don't know the Poke Rap. I do not believe our friends over at 
Fuck it, I'm 40. Shout out to Fuck It, I'm 40, our sister podcast. Yeah. If you like this podcast, go ahead and check them out after you get done this. Um, Shout out to Kelly and, and Tracy, Tracy over at Fuck It, I'm 40. Uh, and I guarantee you, they don't know the poke rap. Kelly and Tracy, if you know the poke rap and you happen to hear this, go ahead and shout us out and, and let us know, right? But at number two for my personal ranking, I have Yu Yu Hakusho. Mm, okay. Yu Yu Hakusho set the perfect formula to make, at bare bones, a decent show. Yu Yu Hakusho made... I feel like it's the archetype, right? Like, yes, it's, if, it's totally the archetype. If you have no idea how to make at least a decent show, follow the Yu Yu Hakusho plotline type of thing. Like, you know, training, tournament arc, you know, clone villain, ultimate ending, and you're set. And while it may be the archetypal shonen, he did it so well to the point where it is the archetypal shonen. It had to be done well enough to make it the archetypal shonen, for which people are then to follow. So, I feel like... <laughs> Your list is very tsunami. Uh, I have no offense. The last one, which is also on tsunami. <laughs> go, go ahead, go off, King. And the last one I have is take a guess, take a guess. Hunter, Hunter. No, I don't have Hunter, Hunter on this list because the '90s version's not that good. Ooh, ooh, okay. All right, uh, Sailor Moon? No. No. <laughs> Neon Genesis? Evangelion. Okay. Right. Okay. It's, it's actually just a thematic masterpiece. No, it is. It's really good. But you know what else is really good? The original run of Berserk. Uh, you know what else is really good? Gundam Wing. Like all of them. Ooh, actually. That is one I Wing. <laughs> okay, so Gundam Wing and Berserk. So I have given you. So is the, so the, is the original run of Baki. So is. Okay, but now you're making your top five. Are you throwing? Baki I'm not. In I'm your not top making. Five? I'm not making my top five, but I'm also saying like. All right, I, make your top five. I don't know when Vampire Hunter D came out, right? Like I don't know when, like. Don't overthink it. Think about the main ones. It's, I get, I it's not a lot of the main ones. It's not just the main ones though. Like there's a lot of like really Stop being contrarian. <laughs> imp- Stop being contrarian. <laughs> like you and about, your anecdotal evidence. What about Golden Boy? Shut right? up. <laughs> Give me your top five. Uh, your realistic top five. I'll give you Berserk. I don't have a realistic top five though, because like when it comes to '90s anime, I'd like I'd have to sit down and really think about that shit. <laughs> like, but if you're talking about like my tsunami, like I will say the final five. vote, Yu-Gi-Oh was 9.9,000. I can tell you that Yu-Gi-Oh. Alien 7.1,000. I was. Gonna, I can tell you that Yu-Gi-Oh does not make it into my top five. Yu-Gi-Oh um, does, did not make it into my top five. No, it does not. Uh. 
No. I also think of that as a 2000s. I, I was going to say, nothing that made it on the WB Saturday no. morning playlist makes it's it on my top five. No, it's not. no, no. I, I'm not going to say it's not GOAT anime, but it doesn't make it on my top five. Also, to say something is very... Toonami was very selective with how they curated their anime. They really I'll, did I'll give you that. pick. I'll give you fantastic that. anime. So to say that somebody's taste yeah, in Adult but... Swim, it may say that it's basic, but it doesn't say that it's bad. No, it doesn't. And I mean, I even saw like the deep type of episodes. people who would be like Yu-Gi-Oh and Card Captors are the best anime. I feel like those are the people that yeah. we grow. I mean, I even saw deep episodes of Ben Ten, right? So like, oh yeah, no, yeah. Ben Ten's great. Cartoon Network... I wouldn't call Ben 10 an anime. No, but I'm, I'm saying Cartoon Network definitely was selective and about their, like, choice. Teen Titans. Right. Like, Teen Titans is a... More... It used to be. Used to be. Now, now all they do is... Teen Titans Go. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> the original Teen Titans... Teen Titans is Go is good, that but... kids and adults can both enjoy because of the thematic structure. Yeah. And... These are things that Cartoon Network has done with things like Ben 10. While I won't say that Ben 10 and Teen Titans are anime, I would say that they are cousins of things like Avatar and Castlevania, which I will say they are more like half-siblings to true anime. I, okay, I, I kind of agree with that. Because there's also a lot of anime storytelling elements that are echoed through Teen Titans and Ben 10. I also feel like there's a lot of like anime from the 90s that goes, uh, that at this point has gone like, you know, missed and underrated. And it's I think, hard to I think come up with. Yeah, uh, is that's another one. Uh, also, I mean, the author is a creep boy, but. I, also, you left out Digimon. Right. I don't put them up there. <laughs> uh, uh, you're tripping because Digimon. I love Digimon, but I am not putting them in the top five. Uh, like no, Digimon. Digimon. Okay. Go in there before Digimon. I was gonna let's say. Let's talk about. That's my bias speaking, but still. I was gonna say. All right. I will give you. It doesn't go in the top five. But if you put Pokemon up there, you have to put Digimon up there. You also you have put to put Digimon in the conversation. Pokemon is clearly more significant culturally than Digimon. You also have to put Initial D up there. Uh, like I said, Berserker. Um, we all know Hunter Hunter goes up there. Oh, I mean, uh, technically you can Shin put Chan. One Piece in here, but I wouldn't put One Piece as a '90s anime considering it's still running and it's 2023. Oh, that it. would be like Kevin Durant is the best player of the 2000s because he joined the league in 2007. I mean, but also Akira and Princess Mononoke came out in the 90s, right? Akira so, is the 80s. Is Akira the 80s? Akira is 100% the 80s. Is it, or is it 1989? No, it is, it, it might be early 80s. No, I think it might be like 88, 87, 88. 1991, buddy. Damn it! <laughs> 1991. So, as I was saying, Akira and Princess Mononoke both well, came out in the 90s. Movies. 
Uh, they are movies, but they're also anime. Uh, yeah, but those, these are all series. Like slam it's, dunk. Like uh, it's not fair. It, like Akira is in consideration for one of the greatest films of all time. And Cowboy Bebop, which, as we both agreed, is probably. I put it top five. I put it number five. Number five, but your number one was what again? My number one was Evangelion. I had number one, Evangelion, number two, Yu Yu Hakusho, number three, Pokemon, number four, Dragon Ball Z, number five, Cowboy Bebop. I don't feel like your list is bad, though. I really don't feel like your list is bad. But I do feel like um, there are some lesser known animes that came out around that time. And I. Any question when you mention things like Gundam Wing? Yeah. Gundam Wing is probably like a 6 through 10 for me. And I love Gundam Wing. Don't get me wrong. I think we have a Gundam Wing picture right up here somewhere. But, uh, with all that being said, you know, we are looking at some great anime right now. Uh, there's lots of new episodes of Demon Slayer coming out. And this season is trash. Oh, you don't this like this season? Trash. You don't like this season? It's trash. It's pretty, but it's trash. Damn, damn. Uh, I guess, you know, as far as that's concerned, none of this is normal. normal. What should be normal is buying all of your Magic the Gathering. There you go. Pokemon. Yu-Gi-Oh! Flesh and Blood. That's the one I forgot. and And... And card games. Supplies. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Don't forget to follow us at the Flood Pod on everything. everything. And And that's on everything. everything. Keep your death threats to a reasonable number of characters because Lord knows what's happening to Twitter. At this point, you might not even get to us at your 600 post limit. So but you know where to find us and that's at the flood pot on everything and this is your fourth and final reminder i think it's the sixth. sixth to like and subscribe and you can catch us next week this is look it's a flood it's, a flood. it's flooding get away. quick we need to get to higher ground open the floodgates